0: Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the Nine on Your Side Sports Talk Podcast. This week, I'm back with Garrett Short. We're going to talk about sports that are upcoming, high school football, ECU sports. There's a lot of stuff coming up right now. It's kind of dead. You know, it's July. There's not too much going on, but we're going to talk about everything that's coming up and get everybody excited. So first off, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. So let's start with high school and ECU football. I know that they seem far away, but they're really not. So let's, let's hear your knowledge and your thoughts.
0: Well, let's see. We are approaching the very middle of July, and people might think that, yeah, you know, the fall football season is far away. That is not the case at all. Teams are going through workouts, whether that's together or individual right now, because as soon as August hits, things are going to ramp up to 11 really, really fast, especially for ECU because, let's be honest, there's a lot of new faces, uh, and you're going to have to hit the ground running as soon as the season starts. You can't just get better as the year progresses. You know, there's very little room for error in college football, and ECU knows that.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what about uh, you know, high school football in the area?
0: Well, high school, obviously, that's going to be um, also at the start of August is when things really ramp up, and then around the middle of August, I think is August like 18th or something is the first games. Um, so again, you're going to have to hit the ground running here soon, especially for some teams in the area. Uh, we had a very good year for football last year. We're talking East Duplin won a state championship. New Bern won a state championship. They were undefeated. We saw uh, Riverside Martin, who is now going to beat Martin, as those schools, both South Creek and Riverside, are co-oping. Um, all those schools had great years, but there's going to be a lot of new things. Like I mentioned, the co-op between South Creek and Riverside, that means all these teams are going to be pushed into one, those two schools. So that's going to be a d- difficult challenge for them. And then for the teams that won state championships last year, we're looking at, at New Bern, who was maybe the best team in the state anywhere. Yeah, They're now without their head coach. Tory now resigned and now I believe is coaching at Hillside. Uh, and then you're also um, looking at East Duplin, who Battle Holly is still there, but you're looking at a team that is going to have so many different faces. You're looking at guys like Avery Gaby, who is now I believe playing at Barton College, who was an absolute workhorse, mainly on offense, played a little bit of defense last year. Those guys are gone now. It was a really strong senior class for them, so it's going to be who steps up. Like I mentioned with ECU, new players means new responsibilities, which means new possibilities of are you going to step up and win or not?
1: Yeah. Now, you talked about the um, coach resigning, and I think that even I was a little bit shocked because when I went to do the uh, press conference in Charlotte when it was all the coaches, and it seemed like, honestly, I believe half of the coaches there were from Eastern North Carolina, and he seemed very passionate about you know the school and about the season and everything so I think that everybody was a little bit shocked I don't know if you were or did you know anything prior I think I everybody did not was surprised know anything.
0: I was just as surprised as anyone else I'm sure his inner circle knew something maybe but you know yes he is a coach but he's also so much more um I know he has a family and I know he's a true competitor so moving to Hillside maybe for the sake of the competitive side of things, that might help. Moving to Hillside, maybe that gets him closer to family in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You know, this state, <laughs> as a person that's not from North Carolina, I have learned is extraordinarily wide. <laughs> um, and maybe this gets him closer to family. So there's so many things. You know, everyone's more than just their job, so maybe that helps him. But, you know, obviously I wish him the best, but obviously New now has to grit their teeth and really put in some man hours because... I don't know how much their system will change. Of course, the famous stat of not throwing a pass in last year's state championship game. <laughs> we'll see if that sticks or will they kind of barrel roll into something else. But Newburn is definitely a team to circle on your schedule this year if you want to check them out because we don't really know what to expect.
1: Yeah. What do you what do you know about the school that he went to?
0: Hillside has been very good in recent memory. I don't know a ton because they're not from this area. Um, but I believe we have seen them play some local teams in football in years past, and they were always very good, like a deep play- playoff run team. Um, so maybe this is an opportunity for him to take another team uh, to the state title. Maybe that's his goal. So and that those would all, of course, be questions for him. But if there's something about you know competition. Once you reach the mountaintop, they say. Yeah. So he has obviously reached the mountaintop with Newbern, an undefeated season, truly incredible for the Bears last year. And this is a new challenge for him.
1: Now, with ECU football, we briefly mentioned it beforehand. But now that we know it's coming up, I feel like this is kind of the time where the questions start to arise, obviously. After last year with the bowl game, it was like, we're going to be without Holton, you know, that really sucks. But now it's like, okay, we're really about to be without Holton. And everybody is kind of, you know, not looking for – they're looking forward to football season, but it's like this is going to be a whole new team. And a lot of people, including myself, when it comes to anything, don't enjoy change. I don't – That doesn't mean I won't like Mason Garcia. I just don't enjoy change.
0: And that's what college football is all about. You you can hold on for dear life five, six, I'm sure probably even seven years of eligibility if you have things like injuries and obviously COVID. But at the end of the day, there is always a ticking clock. And everyone knew that. Um, And I think some people probably should have appreciated it more with Holton because he was the consistent face of that program, and now he's gone. So there are going to be some – almost describe it as a shroud of mist. There's going to be a lot of questions. You know, is it going to be Mason Garcia, and how will he play? Of course, he seems to be the front runner. Mike Houston has come out and blatantly said he's our guy.
1: But there's more,
0: but, honestly. There's Alex Flynn. There's the young guy, Raheem Jeter. There, there's all of, the, all of these possibilities of who knows what will happen. But mm-hmm. the thing is, on the face, on the surface level, of course, it is the quarterback position because it is probably the most important position in all of sports. That being said... There are so many question marks with this defense. So many, it's almost hard to wrap your head around. You're looking at guys like Malik Fleming, who transferred. You're looking at some of the the seniors who are gone uh, from the linebacking core last year. The safeties have a whole bunch of new faces. Uh, Gerard Stringer was a senior last year. There's so many new people coming into the system, and obviously you had the young guys who were practicing and got a little bit of play time with defensive coordinator Blake Harrell, but how will they be able to be because there's a – massive difference between practice and game especially as a young player and now stepping up into a starter role so yeah. I, of course quarterback will be the thing that everyone including me wants to watch B- that being said that defense is going to have a lot of adjusting to do
1: when well, some coaches have left and i think as a freshman and i had to go through this with uh, assistant never a head coach but when you're a freshman and you feel like you finally get used to the system of whatever coach that you're playing for And then it's like in a whole year or in a few months, you're under a brand new coach and they have a completely new system. And that can be hard. I mean, it's hard for anybody. But when you step into college as an athlete, you're a freshman, you feel like finally I have everything figured out. That coach leaves, it's a whole new system for them, especially like a specific uh, position like defensive coach, offensive Mm -hmm. coach. So, like, I just feel like that could be tough for them or transfers. I don't know what your thoughts are on that too.
0: I think that – it's nice to have the same umbrellas because all of those the main coordinators, you know, head coach is the same, offensive and defensive coordinators with both Blake Harrell and Donnie Kirkpatrick are back. So it's nice to have that, but you're right, there's been you know, a few changes with certain positions like a wide receivers coach or whatnot, running backs coach, and those things will definitely change how you have the one-on-one time of how they're supposed to run and hit this. And, you know, the blocking schemes and how to attack defenses. But in the grand scheme of things, things like playbooks, play styles do remain similar. And I think that is what is going to probably have to anchor this ECU football team, at least for the first few weeks, because it is the same play style. Of course, there's going to be new niche plays that are going to be Mm -hmm. incorporated and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, it's nice to have the same consistency at the top. And then from there, it's the trickle-down effect. But again, the coaches aren't out there, it's gonna be the players, it's gonna be all on them.
1: Now, something else that feels like it just ended and it kind of did, but it also kind of didn't and it will be here before we know it is ECU women's basketball. Um, after getting, you know, preseason poll last in the conference come back and win a conference championship. And that is something that I will talk about forever. I have talked about it multiple times on here, but I just love Kim McNeil. I think that that group is so gritty, but not in a bad way. It's not dirty. It's just gritty. It's very like, we're going to work hard. And I don't know what you saw on your side of things. What did you think about that? Well,
0: I've seen now two full seasons for East Carolina women's basketball, and the grittiness was always there. Mm -hmm. The we're going to shove it in your face, and we don't really care what you think about it. That, that was evident two years ago. That was obviously evident this past season when they won. But the, the difference was the confidence, the, the finishing things out. And, you know, that. yeah, they might have lost a few players. Uh, I believe that was two years ago. Tonight, Thompson was one of the best players in the conference. Mm-hmm. And then she transferred. She went to a new school, had a brand-new opportunity, and instead of kind of pouting over it, you just kept their – Nosed the grindstone and kept going, and that starts with Kim McNeil. Um, And I'm not saying there was a huge shift in her because she always has this almost screw you, we're going to play this (laughs) basketball, and that's what it is. Her defense is her thing. We are going to bug you until you make those mistakes because no matter how hard you try, eventually you're going to make those mistakes. And the players bought in, and most importantly, the players started to feel that confidence. They started to come away with some of those closer wins that they didn't have in years past. All it takes is one or two of those to think, okay. well, this is how you finish the game or this is how you figure out this small problem in the third quarter to push yourself to a lead. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the main difference between two years ago and this past season. And now that they have this under their belts, I'm not saying this is going to be super easy to build on but they have a lot of the same players back. And as long as they don't get cocky, they just stay confident, which mm-hmm. I think should be fine with the type of person and the type of leader that Kim McNeil is. I think they'll be great in that aspect. This should be a chance to really build. And, of course, once you win yeah, and you have a lot of those players coming back, it's so much easier to keep winning. Mm-hmm. You know, they got that taste of success. They got the opportunity to go to an NCAA tournament. Now where do you go from here? They went. Next up, it's time to win. And from what
1: I know about Kim McNeil is, you know, the amount of times I've spoken to her, she is very uh, confident, but I feel like she's confident in her skills as to what she can teach. Because I know that when I had her on for the podcast, she kind of told me, oh, you know, my daughter is starting to play softball. Her daughter's young. I don't know the exact age, but I was in there uh, at one of the batting cages here in Greenville filming a segment. And I see her and her daughter come in. And uh, Kim, she told me she played softball all the way up until high school, I think. And I see her and her daughter come in, and I'm like, oh, her daughter must be having lessons. Kim was in there giving the lessons. She was not about to let anybody do the lessons because she knew everything. She's just so knowledgeable, and I think that that helps so much. And I, I do have a slight issue i didn't really get a taste of it because i a never transferred and b it wasn't so big in softball when i was in college but the transfer portal i do have i don't want to say beef but like we do have a little issue because it is so easy now to just take advantage of different programs i think and this is nothing against any player who has ever transferred in or out of east Carolina or any school, but I do feel like something that players like that need to remember is that you might be good, but you are always replaceable, and I feel like a lot of athletes don't. That's just how it is. I mean, that's the hard truth.
0: And replaceable is a difficult pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but I think that sports in general is because things like a sickness or an injury can always happen. Almost everyone is replaceable. It doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes you have to be replaced for you know a certain reason. Uh, that being said, I think that the transfer portal, especially after this past season for EC women's basketball, can be a tool and an asset because now the people saw that they can win and they can make it that far. And all it takes, I mean, you know, you went through the recruiting process. You like a coach, and she's the person that, you know, sometimes the phrase is bend, don't break. She doesn't even bend. (laughs) She had this, she was very resolute two years ago when they were struggling a whole bunch. She knew that this could work. It was just a matter of time. There was no bend. There was no break. She was just getting there. And finally she did. And now that, you know, I've talked about the players tasting success. Now that she's had success, she's going to be hell-bent on not going backwards. Mm -hmm. And she has these players coming back. Players like Amaya Joyner, you know, who really, in my opinion... There is no ceiling. She's so athletic. A conference
1: player like four weeks in a row or something crazy.
0: A conference newcomer of the year, so skilled, especially if she can develop something uh, resembling a jump shot out till 15 feet. (laughs) We could be looking at a player that could be conference player of the year in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where the ceiling is for this ECU women's basketball team, but as long as they don't lose their base characteristics of that – Dog defense basically. I I really am excited to watch them this upcoming season.
1: When I think success, obviously, this is just, you know, kind of a common knowledge thing is that success brings in more recruits and more talent. I mean, you look at Oklahoma's, I really everything back to college softball, but you look at Oklahoma softball. I mean, they are so good and it's almost unfair, but it's because of how good they got. They're going to bring in good recruits. Just, you know, duh. If you want to be the best,
0: you have to either beat the best or play for the best. Exactly.
1: So. so I just feel like that's kind of, you know, with EC women's basketball, the more success, even after last year, people were talking about EC women's basketball. And unfortunately, again, this is just how it is. Women's sports are not as big as men's sports for a lot of, you know, obvious reasons, but, even after that, it felt like ECU women's basketball was all over Twitter. Oh, I mean, everywhere. after that. so, I mean, and everybody likes a good underdog, you know, win. I know I especially do. But I never thought we were the underdogs to begin with. But that's just me. Maybe I'm biased. But that's because
0: you're a pirate.
1: Exactly. But now, uh, women's basketball, and I want to talk about men's basketball, which I am very excited for as, you know, a pirate alum. I am still a huge Duke basketball fan, so I'm excited for that. But I'm also very excited for ECU men's basketball. So let's get your thoughts on this season.
0: This is the situation where I did not quite expect to be a year ago. You didn't really know what to what we were gonna get out of the first season under head coach Mike Schwartz. I believe it was sixteen and seventeen overall record last year, which by ECU standards, that's pretty good. Yeah. Right at that five hundred mark. So I was you know, very pleased with how they played, especially in the home stretch, despite the fact that they had quite a few injuries, you know, Winston Tabbs left the program. Javon Small, who was supposed to be their star player, I actually saw at one point, believe it or not, in an NBA mock draft, him being oh, taken. Oh, Of course, he got injured um, yeah. and has now since transferred out. But they have some of these guys that they weren't quite sure how they would be, and they were learning. You know, Quentin DeBoone was a transfer from Tennessee, and, yes, he played at Tennessee. But when you go to a new place and you play with new players and you're getting your first chance at being a guy and not just someone that comes off the bench sparingly mm-hmm. – it's difficult to get used to, and the, in the home stretch of the season, they started to figure that stuff out. You can see the raw talent, him and Ezra especially. You see the raw talent. It's just about putting that on the court consistently, um, and if you pair those two with you know a good season from R.J. Felton, you know if he can work on some of that consistency because any any he's probably the most athletic person on the court. Yeah. Have you ever seen the kid dunk? Trust me, as he's,
1: tiny as he yep, is, too. <laughs> yeah, and he is
0: built like a bulldog, yeah. pit bull, something. He's so athletic. Um, with a year under their belt, I'm not saying that they're going to go and win the national championship this year, but they have some young talent and mixed in if they can you know, nab another shooter and develop a shooter, because that's, I think, one of the things they were missing last year is a guy that they could kick it out to and just knock him down at mm-hmm. 40% this could be a team that definitely is above 500 when the season ends.
1: And we know uh, Brandon Suggs had, in my mind, what is the infamous uh, buzzer beater against Memphis in 2021, I believe. Um, That video is still on my Twitter. Uh, That was certainly one of the most exciting things I have seen. And I played softball for 17 years, and even that was one of my most favorite things. I was on the floor – I mean, it was just crazy. Was I was crazy. not
0: there, believe it or not. Uh,
1: well, I'm sorry for you. Yep. I was there. <laughs> yep, not, I may, not that's happy. That's probably why I was there, because you were. But exactly. <laughs> I, um, I was, you know, watching it and seeing everything happen, and I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I was so excited, and I kind of knew in the back of my head that he probably wasn't going to return. Yeah. And then went to a in-conference Yep, UCF, school.
0: that was... Uh, those things are always kind of low blows in my eyes.
1: That's what I. That's what I was gonna say. What is your thought? Like, if it was you and you transferred to a school in the same conference, that would almost leave like a bad taste in your mouth. I would think.
0: At the end of the day, you have to do what's best for yourself. Um, and I mean, we saw it. Taylor Hendricks was a guy that got drafted, I believe, in the top ten from UCF this past NBA draft, just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. Sometimes you got to put yourself first, and if things aren't working out, especially with the change in new coach. I think then there should absolutely be no ill will towards guys like Brandon Suggs that do that. You have a new coach coming in. That's not technically what you signed on for. Right. So I understand it. Um, But transferring out can be a bit sticky. You know, Mm -hmm. that was actually something that we're probably about to get to in a certain baseball player. (laughs) Um, Depending on the scenario, no one knows what's going on in someone's life, especially if they're away from home or, you know, certain goals that they might have, um, So I'm never going to tell someone how to live their life or what they can and can't do. But especially when you're going from an in-conference, going to an in-conference rival, I bet you your former teammates sort of grit their teeth at a chance to stick it to you at least once.
1: Yeah, well, that was my thought. And I mean, you know, if you want to transfer, that's great. If you find a better opportunity or like you said, nobody knows what's going on at home and they want to be closer to home. That's great. Luckily for me, everything seemed to work out. I was close enough to home and I loved my school. That's not always the case for some people. Sometimes they just don't get along with even the coach they did sign on for. So I certainly think that if you want to transfer and go somewhere, that's great. You need to do what's best for you. I just, it would be really hard for me to transfer to a school in the same conference. I mean, we know my former head coach, Courtney Oliver, uh, left here, went to Houston and is now going to Wichita State. It would be very hard for me. This is no ill will towards Courtney Oliver. She was a great coach all four years I was there. But it's – you go to now three schools in softball. That's almost half the conference. Yeah, trying
0: to check off all the schools. I know.
1: So I just – you know, she's a great coach, and I believe she's going to Wichita State to be a pitching coach. And that is – she was a great pitching coach at NC State. I know you don't know much about that and Courtney Oliver, but she – when she was at NC State with Coach Rycheck, she was unreal. NC State was amazing at softball. So I'm glad that – You know, she was at the head coaching role here. She went to assistant or associate at Houston, and now she's going to be the pitching coach at Wichita State, who has also consistently been a top 25 program. So you kind of have to do what's best for you. What I have ever expected Courtney Oliver to be in Kansas? No, but I am very happy for her if that's what she wants. But now that we're talking about softball, we will finish the conversation with the dreaded conversation of ECU baseball. Um, lots of players leaving. I know, now talking about bad taste in your mouth, I think the end of the season left a bad taste in some people's mouths, uh, including mine. The uh,
0: end of seasons always leave bad it, taste it, in your mouths. It, what,
1: I tell you, the, the last one was worse to me after the whole Texas fiasco when you and I were out there until 2 in the morning and the rain and then... But it was really cool. I think one of my favorite parts of... That game was it was so worth it to watch Jay Cooch made her come up field for the last time mm-hmm. because we went to school very close to each other in my hometown. So, you know, not that I I don't want to say I've seen him grown up, you know, but I A got to bit. see him, yeah, because we were the same age. I mean,
0: heck, You've known the kid or at least known about him for yeah. what, six, seven years at that point? Yeah.
1: It was that was really cool. That was what made it worth it. I, and I mean,
0: to me the coolest part was the fact that it was after midnight. The game was in like the middle innings. And I'm not saying the stands were packed, but there was, there was a quite amount. a few people there.
1: Not only was it after midnight and it was raining, it was eleven to one. Yeah, it, we that, were losing. <laughs> it was
0: honestly psychotic that it people was. were there. It, it made no sense. No. Super cool, no sense.
1: No, it didn't. But we'll talk about now um, all the players that are uh, either transferring or have gotten drafted. Because I know that this is not a conversation that I want to have, but we have to. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, it was a uh, very busy course from the last week. Uh, for East Carolina Baseball. The third day of the draft, because there were 20 rounds, Um, first off the board for East Carolina was Josh Groves. He's headed to the New York Yankees. Um, Next, I believe it was round 16, going to the St. Louis Cardinals, is Tyler Brott, who was a transfer from Virginia Military Institute about a year ago. Only spent a year with the Pirates, just 18 appearances out of the bullpen. I'm not going to tell you that I know a ton about the guy, but apparently he's supposed to have a real – live arm and of course he can't always teach that stuff Um, in the 16th round it's a chance to try and grab a guy that could turn into a wonderful bullpen guy so St. Louis and then uh, after the draft ended another New York Yankee hopefully future New York Yankee Josh Moylan uh, the first baseman Big power guy, but also very good athlete. I do not expect him to stay at first base because he can run very well, actually. Yeah. Um, he signed an undrafted free agent deal with the New York Yankees. So apparently Pirates to Pinstripes is the theme this year, <laughs> which is really, really cool. Um, who knows if anyone will get the chance to catch up with them. But if they do end up playing along and moving up together, you know, Josh Moylan and uh, Josh Groves will have at least each other. So that would be really neat.
1: Can we talk about the transfer? And finally, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's see. Um, This week on Thursday, uh, news broke that uh, Alec Makarevich, the longtime third baseman who I believe has started every single game for the Pirates two straight seasons. He's been a fixture, offense, defense, you name it, has entered the transfer portal, which is going to be rough because mm-hmm. uh, one thing that any fan base loves is consistency. Yeah. It's not always just the stats. It's not always the big plays. It is the consistency. The, faces. It is, you, the best avail- the best ability is availability. And he was always available, it seemed. Left-handed, right-handed, great third base. He hit some huge home runs. And now all of a sudden he's leaving ECU, which is a little bit peculiar. Um, maybe it's because of all the other faces that have been leaving, all of his quote-unquote buddies. right? Um, or maybe it's a chance to go and play at – uh, a larger school. Maybe he's looking at ACC, SEC, or something like that because maybe that would bump up his draft stock. You know, we know what he can do. Very good third baseman. When you ma- see him make an error, it is weird. Yeah. Plays a very good hot corner. Seems to be a good clubhouse guy. Um, and when he connects, he hits the ball a country mile. Yeah. That that boy can absolutely knock the ball out of the park. Yeah. Had some contact issues and strikeout issues this past season. Uh, but when he's on, he is on And that's probably going to be the case. I imagine he'll go to a bigger school. I don't know if it's going to be a school as big as LSU, of course, who just won the national championship. But this is a guy that can hit the ball very well and is a defensive – he's the opposite of a liability on defense. He's great defensively. So I'm sure some school will probably try and scoop him up. Um, And maybe that's the thing where we're talking about reasons to transfer. Maybe that's his. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of going – undrafted next year which might be the case if he's a senior we see it all the time guys can put up unbelievable superhuman numbers for ecu or other these non-power five schools and they still don't get drafted because they're seniors and that's the case for him But maybe he's thinking if he can hit 300 in the SEC, he'll get scooped up in the 11th round instead of going undrafted.
1: Well, that's always been my thing is when I was getting recruited, the question was always, do you want to go to a big school, a huge school where you have the chance of getting a ring and never play? Yep. Or do you want to go to a school where you know that you're going to play every single game but you might not ever win a ring? If you're lucky enough to be someone like him and possibly get both, that's great, but something that I've always had to tell people who – I'm not going to say they don't know anything about sports but as someone who's been in that position some something I always try to tell people is that you might be able to succeed really really well in the American athletic that doesn't mean that you're going to succeed in the SEC and I'm not saying that he won't because ECU is a great baseball team we have some great competition especially in regionals and supers but that's just that's a question the that you have to put in day your head. Day,
0: I agree. Cuz you know, those aren't
1: the same conferences, not the same teams.
0: And I'm not saying I'm buddy-buddy with all of the scouts, but I do see especially on Sundays, you know, a lot of scouts will swing by Clark LeClaire and watch these guys play. Right. Um, I don't know if it's the way they're built into their schedules and making rounds around North Carolina, but I bet you there's quite a few more scouts going to Tennessee and right. who knows where Makarevich will end up. He's just entered the transfer portal, so I believe there's always the chance that he does come back if he realizes the grass isn't greener. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It probably won't, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm it's, holding out
1: hope. Yeah, <laughs> Of course, and you and a whole bunch of other ECU fans.
0: But, yeah, I think that um, if he can... It's the balance of going somewhere that's really good, but also making sure you go somewhere where you're going to still have the chance to play. And, of course, that's up to him, um, and it's also up to how he plays because he could go somewhere that he starts the season and then doesn't play well but who knows at some point you just have to kind of tip your hat to the guy and say thanks for everything because he's been about as good of a fixture for ECU baseball the last few years as anyone has been.
1: Yeah and I think you know with with ECU and with Pirate fans you know including myself I am obviously not a fan who's going to get on a message board and yap, yap 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 because I don't have time for that I'm also not ever going to do that but there are a lot of people who are diehard ECU fans and have been for 40, 50, 60 years, and I think that that is great. And do I think that's where I'll be in 60 years? Absolutely. Do I know that I'll be on a message board? Probably not. But I cannot imagine, I don't know what your opinions are on what that message board is going to look like. <laughs> Talking about that, from, not from your perspective, but from what do you think ECU fans are going to do?
0: Talking think. about AMAC leaving. Yes. It doesn't have to be yeah, anything I, bad. I'm just uh, curious. There is always going to be the negative Nellies, I think. Um, no matter what you contribute. Mm. You you can be, you know, (laughs) to switch sports, there are Patriots fans that probably hate Tom Brady because he left, (laughs) despite the fact that he gave them maybe the best run in the NFL history. Yeah. Um, So there's always going to be those people. But I think you kind of just have to be appreciative. You know, it it is Alec Makarevich's decision. He can do what he wants to do. Um, And I'm sure that this – the person it's probably hardest on was him. You know, I'm sure oh, him yeah. and Cliff Godwin, who is so unbelievably close with his players, it brings him to tears every now and then, especially at the end of season. On seasons. both sides, yeah. I think. So to see him go, I absolutely know it was not an easy decision. Um, but if, if that's the route he wants to take, I think at the end of the day, if you're a Pirate fan, a true Pirate fan, sure, you can be a little dissatisfied because you're going to miss him and stuff. Um, but I don't think there should be any reason for vile comments or to ha- hate the guy or anything because he's delivered. He's delivered yeah. at least as much as expected, probably more. Because um, you know he was a guy coming out of high school. He had the build, he had the size, he had the the stats to really play at ECU, and he's played well enough to where you can appreciate it and say good luck.
1: Do you have anything left to say about upcoming sports, ECU sports? I think
0: like anyone, I'm just excited to see the year start that at the end of baseball season, it's like, man, there's so much going on. I'm just trying to keep my head above water going around to high school and college stuff. And then all of a sudden things end. And it's nice for about a week or two, but it's like a week-long vacation. The first three or four days are great, and by day five, you're kicking your foot in the sand. Like, I'm kind of bored. So I'm ready for ECU football. Um, Very excited for the winter sports this year just because there's so many possibilities of growth for both men's and women's basketball. Um, But, yeah, of course, got to take one thing at a time. Football first. It should be a good year.
1: I think, you know, July – Uh, My birthday is in six days, so my birthday is in July, but it is my least favorite month of the entire year. Um, My mom and my dad's birthday is in July, so I am so sorry, but that is just the case. It's a lot of celebration. (laughs) Well, I just, me and my mom have the same (laughs) birthday.
0: That's interesting. So, yeah,
1: July is just, you know, my least favorite month besides, you know, getting to celebrate my mom and dad is great. But I will end with... I am super excited. This is not EC related, but everybody keep in mind that in 89 days, the Carolina Hurricanes will take the ice. I am so excited. October With hopefully 11th. An, a healthy Andrei Svechnikov. Hopefully. You probably know that more
0: than I do where he stands.
1: But. I don't know that they've said anything, but I, you know, I'll give him a text and we'll ask. <laughs> I'll shoot him a text and find out for everybody. But we have got 89 days, October 11th. Everybody, mark your calendars if you're anything like me. You already have. But thank you so much for joining me today, Garrett. Oh, Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you guys next week.